Wait, did you, did you just hit record? Yeah, I mean, I thought since we have the mic set up and, uh, you know, we're hanging out, we might as well record something for the JVG uh, NBA tribute show. Oh, true. Wait, shit, I think my phone's ringing. Uh, hello? Uh, hello, is this Lucas? Yes, who's this? Hi, this is a hot guy drinks piss. <laughs> oh, yeah, how you going? Wait, Lucas, we're hanging out. A bit, uh, bit rude to that. answer your phone in the middle of the <laughs> sorry, hangout session. Like I'm that. sorry, I've got to take this. Look, I hear you run a podcast, and I, I, I've called through with a question. Oh, um, yeah, cool. Actually, look, perfect my, my timing. <laughs> For some reason, we just started recording. What? What? Jeez. I mean, it's, wow. <laughs> so, uh, so uh, look, my question pertains to Andrew Wiggins. Um, <laughs> you know, so, some might call him a uh, messiah. Um, you know, I, I think he... Uh, I, th- I think he could have been the mayor of Minneapolis, but you know, let's let's press on with the question. So Andrew Wiggins has showed some flashes early this season when he was still at Minnesota um, about with his ability to be effective with ball in hand, making plays. Uh, traditionally, I guess he's uh, he's taken a post at Minnesota as more of an off-ball kind of shooting guard role. Um, obviously, shoots a terrible three-point ball. Um, but we all know that his actual talent is in cutting to the rim um, and playing with his sort of athleticism, which is his strength. So my question is, do you think in the right circumstance, we could see a resurgence of this early, well, it would be 2019 sort of season, uh, perhaps a wig sanity, if you will? <laughs> um, thanks for your question, hot guy drinks piss. Uh, I think, do you think, do you mean at Golden State or just anywhere? Well, just anywhere, really, because, I mean, uh, we, we saw it at Minnesota, one of the, like, uh, flaming tie fire sort of um, teams of the Western Conference. Um, and I, he was putting up as many as, I think, one game he had 11 assists. Damn. Um, and then still managed to put up, uh, he had another game where it was, like, 36 points, 9 assists, 9 rebounds. So, Jeez. like, he's shown that he can actually do something. Yeah. But you just have to get him into the right situation. But Shades do you think of that situation could be a Golden State, or do you think that he won't have a chance given he is sort of sitting behind a couple of playmakers in that? Yeah, squad? I don't think Golden State is the team for weak sanity. Um, I and I, I I couldn't I couldn't think of a team off the top of my head either that would be. But I do like your faith in him. Um, hot guy drinks beers, <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, I I. Well, I <laughs> I, th- I think people are pretty yeah. quick to write him off as just a really bad contract and, um, you know, someone Golden State should just get rid of as soon as they possibly can. They probably should. Um, but I do I do like that you have such faith in his, like, actual talents and ability. So, yeah, I'd like to see well, Week Sanity happen. I believe it could happen somewhere. I mean, they said the same thing about Chris Paul. Ah, get off his contract. Ah, his hamstrings <laughs> are made of fucking fairy floss. And then he goes to OKC and... You know, they had the highest net offensive rating for a five-man squad in I feel the like, whole of the NBA. I feel so, like if your hamstring was made of fairy floss, it would never, it would never snap. <laughs> no. <laughs> it doesn't snap. It just effortlessly, like... Oh, tears. <laughs> right. But then simu- similarly can be put to- back together without any effort, if yes. you really think about just, it. Just a child saliva. So obviously the liberal media were just misreading <laughs> what, uh, what Chris Paul's hamstrings are actually made of. Um, well, speaking of Chris Paul and wig sanity, I feel like it could happen where careers go to die. James Harden's team. 
where Lin Sanity went to die. I feel like Andrew Wiggins as like a slasher inside scorer, attack like attacker, um, you know, attack and get into the middle, surrounded by shooters. You know, Harden and Westbrook, obviously, probably not much time with Westbrook on the court at the same time as Wiggins. But if there were to be a Wig sanity, I think it'd be in Houston. Yeah, right. I like. Okay, so, I like that as well because. All right. He- wait, no. Yeah, yeah. You go first. Hot, hot guy drinks beers. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, guys. I just had the the penultimate idea for a three way trade. You send Wigs to Houston, and then you send James Harden to a firing squad, and then you send a rifle. <laughs> Back to Golden State. <laughs> <laughs> so they get that third shooter. Yeah, they get that third shooter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's perfect. I definitely endorse sending James Harden to the firing squad. Um, no, but I think uh, Andrew Wiggins is someone who perhaps doesn't have the career to be ruined by James Harden yet if he went mm. to the Rockets. Yeah. Um, expectations of him would not be that high, I don't think. I mean, how much he's getting paid aside. Uh, yeah, yeah, that could be the perfect destination. Yeah, I was trying to think of a funny thing to be like, in that three-team trade, who says no and why is it the X team? <laughs> but <laughs> no one says no. <laughs> um, anyway, any th- thanks for your question, Hot Grade Drinks Piss. That's okay, boys. You have a good night. <laughs> All right, see ya. See ya. Yeah, that was pretty weird. Um, anyway, now we can get back to just hanging out and having a good old normal time. Yeah, I'm... A- Oh, wait, now I'm getting a phone call. Wait a second. That's pretty crazy that we have the same ringtone. <laughs> uh, hello? Uh, hello, is this, uh, is this Marco? Uh, yeah, it is. Who's calling? Marco, my name's Hornbag Daddy. <laughs> uh, hi, Hornbag, how are you? Yeah, yeah, look, Marco, I've been better, I've been better, but I just wanted to call you because I've got some information for you. I mean, I've got a question... Um, for, for your podcast, podcast that you're doing there. Oh, that's that's another crazy coincidence because we are just but per happenstance recording an episode right now. Well, my my nephew is not old enough to use a phone yet, but um, he had a question for you. Um, he's asked me to read it verbatim off this sheet of paper. So he he says he says, "All right, you uncle fuckers, who do you, who do we reckon Trey Young gets KO'd for nutmeg in this season?" Love your work, guys. Much better than the deep snooze podcast. <laughs> well, your nephew's very switched on, let me tell you. And he's certainly got away with words. <laughs> um, first of all, we love our yeah. friends over at the Deep Two podcast. <laughs> we won't endorse that last comment, but we will get to the question. Uh, I think it's, it's worth mentioning first uh, up front. I don't think it's either of the Morris twins. I reckon for some reason, they would have this like... Oh, we got respect for that kid. Because it's like, you know that whole thing where, like, Trey Young's building a culture? Mm. They'll be like, you know what? He's doing it for the culture. We respect that. Yeah. That's real. And it's like, no, you're both surface-level people. That makes me hate the Trey Young culture <laughs> even more. <laughs> um, now, to think of who would knock him out, I reckon so, he did... I mean, so my, my nephew, <laughs> just for context, my nephew did just tell me that the closest person that's come to this was uh, Trevor Ariza. Um <laughs> But you know, I don't. I don't believe he actually plays basketball anymore. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't remember the Trevor Ariza play, but I feel like Trevor Ariza is too much of like a responsible person to knock someone out. Mm. Um, I feel like for some reason it'd be a guard. Like Trey Young would try and get away with it against a guard. Maybe like Zach Levine because he's just shit. I was just gonna say Russell Westbrook just mm. just cause. Um, I w- I watched him. Uh, 
like, damn, I can't remember which player it is. But yeah, I watched him, you know that thing where he gets cleaned out by that center and then he's like, I'm going to get him one day. And mm. then like 60 games later, he oh. fucking flagrants him oh. in the head. On Zaza, yeah. That's, yeah. So, <laughs> that's so satisfying to watch. I feel like Trey Young would do some bullshit and then if not a game, at least 20 minutes later, Westbrook would hit him in the nuts or something. Yeah, right. Okay, so my answer, to tell your little nephew... I hope, he's, I hope he's good. The, the future's bright for him. And uh, Lucas's answer was Zach Levine. And Marcus's answer was... Russell Westbrook. Just guys. Uh, okay. Well, he's just saying he's saying something back. Um, he told me to tell you that like, Zach Levine is a piece of shit. <laughs> hey, he's got a... He's a uh, well, the, uh, the perfect candidate to knock Trey Young out then. Actually, no. Maybe you're a good person if you knock Trey Young out. I don't know. Yeah, we haven't seen enough of Trey Young yet. <laughs> anyway, thanks for well, your thanks for your question, Hornbag. Thanks Hornbeck. so much for your time, boys. Have yeah, a good night. Thanks, Hornbag. Um, I'll call you later. <laughs> oh, jeez. Yeah, we got a weird fan mix. <laughs> anyway, man, I'm gonna go to the fridge and get. Oh shit, my. Oh shit, my phone's calling. Uh, hello, who is this? Uh, hello. Uh, is this Lucas Lucas Petritus from yeah. the uh, the uh, JVGA Tribute Podcast? <laughs> yes, yes, yes. The JVGMEA Tribute Show. But yes. Ah, beautiful, beautiful. Look, my my name is uh, Vape Guy with the Dragon Tattoo, and I actually uh, run a couple of blogs around the the Melbourne area. Now, look, I have a question for you, Lucas. Given that you're uh, Washington Wizards um, crybaby, now <laughs> the question was. Um, I, I really want to go with a bit of a sort of a, a, a flip side scenario. So, I want you to give me four potential and viable moves that could make the Wizards uh, take the Wizards straight to the Eastern Conference Finals, and four if they were uh, completely blowing it the fuck up with a nuclear weapon. Um, now, I guess, well, I guess you're going to tell me, but do both of these uh, answers start with how do we ship off the? Um, the whale contract that is John Wall. Uh, I mean, look, to, to be honest, I, I've seen the videos of him slashing it up with Michael Beasley over the summer. <laughs> I'm not that impressed. This guy plays in some freaking suburb in China. <laughs> all right, well, vape guy, you mustn't be a regular listener of the show because we all know how much Lucas loves John Wall. I also think that a key word in your question was viable, so John Wall isn't in any of those <laughs> trades. I see... The moves to become contending, all being based around trading Hachimura, Troy Brown, uh, Hachimura, Troy Brown, and pick nine, uh, and just throw them at everything, throw them at absolutely everything, try and get maybe a wing, you know, we heard from a, some, someone said that someone said that someone said that Booker's unhappy, <laughs> but that doesn't seem to be the case, but if that is the case, throw that at Booker, Drew Holiday obviously wants out, I feel like that could be a good, uh, good move for the Pels. Although they might want to get some old, some older players, um, and then what, the, would you, what would you do with three old guards? Win. I reckon you put you could win with Wall, Beal, and Holiday next to each other. You just need to have them on the court. I feel like I'm going to say that a, a million times when we're recording yeah. this. Well, this isn't a pod. This we've, is just us hanging out. We've we've put together so many like three guard rotations <laughs> yeah. in, in the last few days, um, which I I can't I can't think of a team where it's actually worked, but they all work so well in our heads. <laughs> Um. <laughs> yeah, uh, I think also, and to and to to nuke the team, it's all based around trading Bradley Beal away. The trade offered for Drew Holiday from the Nuggets by Pelicans debrief. Uh, you know Gary Harris, 
Bol Bol and Michael Porter Jr. I think would be fair for, uh, a good deal for to, for us to get Beal. And then I also think that any of those young guys from New York and pick eight would be fair uh, and a good deal to get Beal. And that's probably it. Maybe like Beal for... I, I, I would honestly accept Beal for Ja Morant, Jaron Jackson Jr. and Brandon Clark personally. But I'm not sure if the Memphis Grizzlies would be too happy with that deal. Yeah. I feel like the US federal government would stop that trade at some point. Um, uh, look, that's interesting because I think the big problem with the Wizards is there seems to be uh, a, a veritable ocean between their top guys and then whatever the fuck else plays for the Wizards. Um, you got that Bertans guy who... You know, like he's pretty shooting threes at a pretty good clip, but you would imagine he'd probably get flicked this summer. You know, someone will offer him some stupid contract to be Larry Markin in two point Yeah. I th- but what do you what do you what what do you think of maybe hitting the draft up a bit more this year? Because it seems like the draft from I don't know five to twenty is going to have heaps of that sort of mid level role player um, type guy, which I think the Wizards actually probably need. Um, rather than obviously, you've got superstar John Wall and superstar Bradley Beal. Um, I don't know. So in 2018, I compiled the Microsoft Word document uh, of the Wizards draft pick since 2011. 2010, sorry. 2010, we had a good draft. 2011, I've actually blacked out the year because of that's how bad the draft was. Yeah, 2012, wow. we had a good draft. 13 was average, 16 was average, 15 was good, 14, 17, 18, bad. We haven't seen enough of Hachimura yet to say that, you know, that was a good or a bad draft. I I like him so far, but my whole MO about the Wizards is don't draft. Get a player that's already good. We are not the ones that can pick the talent. I mean, John Wall, obviously you pick John Wall. Um, Beal was a good pick, but like Wall was the obvious pick. And then, you know, when, when when it comes to stringing thought together... I think you yeah. A pick nine, pick eight is not is not the um, not the not the pick uh, I trust the Wizards make. So you see, you're just cursed to take those those mid range picks there. No, it's just bad. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, only when you do it. Yeah, only when the Wizards do it. There's a couple of teams like yeah, and the Knicks as well. But that also you know there's a whole there's a whole issue there in New York. Um, even the Pelicans, it's like obviously you pick Zion first. Yeah. Um, that wasn't much of a you know. That wasn't good scouting. That was <laughs> this guy is already the heaviest player and the best athlete in the world. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. So I, I would I would steer clear of the draft as a Wizards as as the Wizards. All right. Well, I'm completely unsatisfied with that answer. <laughs> Thanks so much for your time and go fuck yourself. Wow, that guy was rude. Um. Yeah. Anyway, thanks, vape guy with the dragon tattoo. Uh, call back whenever. <laughs> Ah, you didn't even say goodbye. <laughs> oh, good good, good Glad that weirdo's gone. Yeah. Do you have... Oh. <laughs> Another phone call? This is crazy. What's going on? Hello? Did I just hear Lee Kernigan play? <laughs> <laughs> yes, actually, both of our um, both of our ringtones are... Yeah, 1993's classic, She's My Ute. Yeah, She's My Ute by Lee Kernigan. Why, why do you ask? <laughs> well, Lee Kernigan... It's my boy. My, <laughs> my blog name is Lethal Lee Kernigle Number. And look, I've just called you today, Marco, because I'm standing outside your window. I can hear your ringtone. Oh, my God. <laughs> Jesus. And I want to I ask you a question about the Minnesota Timberwolves. 
Yeah, so sure, shoot. My question is, gun to your head, what do you think Jordan McLaughlin's trade value is this year? I tuned into your podcast a couple of weeks ago and some putts from New York who's talking about the New York Knicks. Um, he mentioned that, you know, that he'd be interested in him. I'm just interested in sort of the trade value of someone like Jordan McLaughlin. Yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't take anything that guy says very seriously. <laughs> I take it with a very, very large grain of salt. I think he overvalues and undervalues pretty much everyone. <laughs> um, yeah, Lucas, what do you think about Jordan McLaughlin? Uh look look honestly You'd be lucky to get two second round picks for Jordan McLaughlin. <laughs> he did have a twenty four. Hey, <laughs> he did have a twenty four and eleven game, which is very impressive. But his his season averages were seven point six points, and I can't remember how many else. And you got to factor yeah. in the fact that he had a twenty four and eleven game. So without that game, the averages shrink a little bit more. <laughs> well, I mean, look, I did do my own set of independent research about this fella. Um, you know, I'm not not too across everything, but. Um, you know, he did have a couple of other games with some significant assist numbers. You know, he hit another game with 10 assists, 7 assists, 6 assists. It seems like after the um, the the big trade that just completely fucking changed the whole face of Minnesota, um, that he did start to get more minutes. Um, but prior to that, you know, he was a two-way player. I think he's making like $80,000 a year. Um, and they gave him a... And this and Maxima to drive around. <laughs> I think I think you'll get a player exactly like Jordan, Jordan McLaughlin for Jordan McLaughlin. I don't think there's any hidden value there, unfortunately. So, sorry, that's what I was going to say. There is no um, there is nothing more than a second round pick to get for for an ex two way player. Yeah. Uh, especially a two way player that they haven't fucking told you to death that he's been a two way player, like say uh, uh, Chris Middleton, mm. or he came through the G League. Every time he dribble with every bounce, every time it hits the hardwood, it says G. And then the next bounce is leak. And then the next bounce is deep. And then the next bounce is leak. So unless unless we have been drilled and fucking force fed the fact that they were a two way player, they're not getting more than and a second round pick. The reason for that is you can probably just tell that they were a two way player by watching them. Um, <laughs> you don't need to be reminded by the commentary team. Well, I you look, see- I will say this about Chris Middleton. He does look like he sweats more than anybody in the NBA. So <laughs> yeah. Potentially, he's trying a lot harder than everybody else. I mean, what do you think you can get for Jordan McLaughlin? Uh, <laughs> Lee Kernigan fan. Really crazy that you, you're a Lee Kernigan fan. We've, we don't really meet them that often. No. But, and also, we just found out 15 minutes ago that both of our ringtones were Lee Kernigan. Yeah. Also, I don't know how you got my number, but it's <laughs> a question for another time. <laughs> well, I mean, I did find out where you live because I am standing oh, outside yeah. your window. Jesus, I keep forgetting uh, about that. <laughs> yeah, back to Jordan McLaughlin. Well, look, the thing about Jordan McLaughlin is I think there's a lot of stupid people at New York mm. who could over, um, over, uh, what? Yeah. Overreach on his value. Mm. I don't know. What, what What do you think that maybe maybe we could get one of the 37 power forwards that they've got at <laughs> um, the New York Knicks? As long as we can make the salaries work, of course, because, you know, we're trading... $80,000 in a 2014 Nissan Maxima <laughs> or a, uh, you know, potentially a, what, a Bobby Portis or a Taj Gibson. And uh, depending on if that car has a spoiler or not, you may be able to make the uh, mining work with Bobby Portis' $15 million. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, 
Yeah, well, I mean, there's also the fact that I don't know if that car's roadworthy, so <laughs> there's there's probably going to be some uh, some work to be done there before the uh, the car can move. So yeah, there is no road worthy of that car. That car is t- is too pristine to go on a road <laughs> with mere mortals handling all well, of Minnesota's icy turns. <laughs> Look, I really appreciate it. Thanks so much for your time, guys. Yeah, no, Have a thanks, good night. Thanks for calling in, and uh, remember, she's my ute. <laughs> and let's keep it that way. Yeah. Remember, I know where you live. <laughs> all right, see ya. Awesome. Oh, yeah. my God, he's still standing there. I don't know about fans, man. Anyway, do you have all of the ingredients necessary to make a souffle? Yeah, man, I got it. I might it. just go whip one up. Oh, <laughs> my God. <laughs> Another phone call. Hello? Hello, Hello. is this Lucas Petritus? <laughs> yes, yes, who is this? Hello, I'm a concerned woman from... <laughs> Hello, I'm a concerned Jewish woman. <laughs> Sorry, one second. Hello, I'm a concerned Jewish woman from Minneapolis. Ah, yes. How are you tonight? <laughs> Hello, how did you get my number? <laughs> Look, that's not important now. That's not important. Look, I have a question for you about Shabazz Muhammad. <laughs> I'm all ears. I'm always all ears for Shabazz Muhammad. Look, I just need to know what the fuck happened to Shabazz Muhammad <laughs> after he was traded on draft night to Minnesota. What happened to the Nissan Pulsar that he was traded for? <laughs> now, look, I can't answer it about Shabazz Muhammad, but I might be able to tell you a story about a Nissan Pulsar. <laughs> <laughs> Please, take it away with the Nissan Pulsar. <laughs> no, I think we should talk about Shabazz Muhammad first. Uh, what did happen to Shabazz Muhammad after after spending his whole career as exactly a 70 overall on every single 2K? <laughs> there's, there's not much more to be said. You know, C's across the board, and then one game a year he gets hot, and that's the game you don't need to win. <laughs> um, damn, I really wish I had read this question before you asked it. Uh, what do you mean? <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, sorry. This fo- I really wish I had a transcript of this phone call ahead of time. Um, I mean, I can tell you where the Nissan Pulsar ended up if you like. <laughs> uh, there's a guy in Glenroy who who owns it. I believe he sells bootleg perfumes from the boot of it. Uh, if you go to if you if you go to the right Seven Eleven car park or uh, farmers market on the weekend, I don't know how it got there though. He's about six six and he always wears a hood. And he was wearing face masks before this whole pandemic. But he did have a Wait little a bit minute. of a Shabazz Muhammad look about Wait him. A <laughs> <laughs> uh, so you're telling need... me that the 1982 Nissan Pulsar <laughs> with no roadworthy certificate that was received by the Utah Jazz who drafted Shabazz Muhammad at pick 14, <laughs> then ended back up with Shabazz Muhammad sometime after he played for the Shenzhen aviators as part of the Chinese Basketball Association. Is that what you're telling me? <laughs> Look, we cannot. We might actually need to strike this from the record. We can't confirm or deny this over audio because people are listening, but re- read my head motion. <laughs> look, look, read my lips. Shabazz Muhammad lives in Glenroy. Is that, all, is that all you had concerned Jewish woman from uh, Minneapolis? Funny that you mentioned the Utah Jazz because I've got a great story about a Honda Jazz. <laughs> yes. nah, Look, yeah. I, need to, I need to go now, but thanks so much for your time. I really appreciate your concern about Shabbat. Yeah, okay, no all good. I'd like, uh, like to keep it short yeah, and sweet in these yeah. scenarios. And uh, good luck with the Timberwolves this season. Yeah, all the best. Yes, yes.
<laughs> Dude, that's been like a lot of Timberwolves questions. Yeah, that's weird. I feel like two people have called us from Minnesota and almost all the questions have had something to do with the Timberwolves. Also, the second time a Nissan model car has been brought up. Yeah, that's pretty strange as well. A lot of car talk on this podcast. <laughs> anyway. Anyway, um, that's Souffle. So, yeah, I mean, I've got the cream and I've... Oh, you've got to be kidding me. <laughs> Hello, please keep this one quick. <laughs> Uh, hi, is this uh, is this Marco? Yeah, this is. Hi, look, my name's David Ayres. I actually run a uh, run a uh, blog spot um, called Senegalese Sniper Fan Fiction. Uh, it's a personal homage to um, the great Gorgie Jing. Um, mm. Look, I, I had a couple of questions for you just about your uh, your podcast. There, I, you know, I noticed you do a bit of a mailbag, and I wanted to mail a question. And uh, do you reckon I might be able to do that one? Uh yeah, j- go ahead. <laughs> Thank you. Look, I do appreciate it, as I said. Um, look, my question's about New Orleans, and I know that you do support them. Mm-hmm. Um, now, my question is, look, New Orleans clearly has all of the young asset potential in the world right now. Um, with the addition of the uh, friend, of, friend of the pod, Stan Van Gundy, helping to give the squad a more defensive identity, but potentially losing Drew Holiday this offseason, uh, the NOLA defensive daddy, what acquisitions can be made in the offseason to bolster defensive stocks with a veteran presence thank you very much um great question and i think it really points to one of the difficulties with the drew situation that is whatever trade we make for him we're gonna lose something like i can't really think of a trade that brings a like vet defensive guard to the pelicans I mean, maybe that's maybe we just have to deal with that. Maybe that's maybe that's just part and parcel with losing our boy Drew. Um, in terms of vets to bring along to bolster our defensive stocks, because yes, you're right. I don't. We won't. We won't have a quality defender on the on the floor um, without Drew. Um, I, I'm I'm not coming up with a lot of options. <laughs> I, oh, look, I I I still I, write, I, no. Sorry, you go. You know what? I'll go. <laughs> So oh, no, no. <laughs> I apologize. No, please, you go, David. Okay, look, sorry Mr. about this. Look, I actually had a couple of uh, sort of hot takes, you know, hot, hot, hot takes, if you will. <laughs> um, you know, I was, I was thinking maybe, you know, why don't you go for one of the defensive big men that could be on the market this year? You know, maybe, maybe, maybe that's a, well, a Rudy Gobert who might have been a bit sort of uh, alienated, outcasted, if you will, in the city of Utah for pretty much bringing COVID to the NBA. Um, I, I don't you know. think we're going to be able to attract Rudy and fit him into the team. I don't know. Um, well, I'm, I mean, you've, you you can get rid of Derek Favors. I mean, or, or, you know, have you considered maybe trying to drag Steven Adams over? You know? Oh, that's an interesting maybe, hey, one. Okay, Steve- see, do you want a fourth guard? <laughs> Just play four? Steven Adams and Zion, I think, would complement each other quite well. Um, again, I don't, I don't really see... I don't really see OKC giving him up. He feels like the he feels like the next Nick Cannon. You know, wait, no, 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 <laughs> yeah, no, 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 the next Nick Cannon. Yeah, I have to stand by he's that. A, he's about to marry Mariah Carey. <laughs> wait, um, no, is it Mariah Carey? Yeah, probably. <laughs> anyway, um, I actually I still rate Serge Ibaka, and he's on, he's on the market. He's a free agent this um uh this off season um i know he's not the ultimate room protector that he once was but maybe uh stan can bring that out in him he's a bit expensive i'll say that i'll say that but if we get rid of drew 
and you know we don't take on too many contracts in return then i mean there could be some room there for him uh what do you think about that david uh, I mean, you know, you could, or, or or there's also the option of Andre Drummond, who's coming out of his uh, his fresh contract at Cleveland. But no. you know, do you think he's a bit too much of an asshole? Or? I don't want. I don't want Drummond. I yeah. don't know why. I just don't. I just don't like the idea of having Drummond on my team. He feels like one of. He, he does. He's like. He a, should go to the Clippers. Yeah, yeah true. Yeah. He's, he's like I mean, a, look, he does seem like an absolute son of a bitch. So. <laughs> He's he, he's like one of those big men who looks good on paper, but doesn't actually like you know translate into good results for your yeah. team. Um, you know, he's he, like Tristan Thompson. Yeah, uh, yeah. No, but at least he was LeBron's teammate. Yeah, <laughs> Andre Drummond doesn't have that going for no, him. No, 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 no. LeBron's coming back to the Cavs in two years. <laughs> oh, that's right. LeBron and him was, and Andre are gonna form this. Just LeBron was Tristan Thompson's teammate. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think. Uh, I, I think that um. Yeah, Andre Drummond, as you said, uh, played for two th- teams that won thirty percent of their games this year. So I feel like put up great numbers for both of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel like saying yeah, him, he might be the all-time or the 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 least win-affecting player in the NBA right now. I I don't think he's I don't think he's ever been on a winning team. <laughs> like, I don't know how many how many winning records uh, the Pistons had um, during his career. Um, and and he still he still somehow manages to generate a lot of sort of uh, interest around him and people give him respect. That's fine. He's a good basketball player, but yeah, I don't I don't think he's the right fit for the Pels. Also, I don't know I don't know his contract's pretty big as well, isn't it? Yeah, but it's only this season. Yeah, true. Um, Speaking of true, his question was about Drew, uh, and I don't think that trade for OKC for Adams. I don't think that OKC will do. I don't think they'll want to bring a twenty nine year old in. I think they're going to hit reset, uh, especially if, yeah, I think they're going to give up age in a trade. Um, and I don't know if you want Rudy Gobert to bring COVID to the Pelicans. Uh, you, there's, yeah, a, there's a lot yeah. of kissing going on in New Orleans. So <laughs> As you said, you're probably going to lose the trade. You're, you're going to lose the trade with Drew. Mm, yeah. Um, one that I just thought of that, I mean, it's not really bringing a vet presence in, but... Uh, a package that includes Miles Turner with the Pacers, Ooh. because yeah, I I rate him. Uh, he's more on the timeline or whatever the fuck you want to call it. The, <laughs> you know, um, and I think he'd I, again. I, <coughs> I <coughs> excuse me. I think he would. Okay, Rudy. I think he would compliment Zion um, up there as well. Yeah, look, no, I, I could definitely, I, I could, I could definitely see that being a good job. Um, and you know, you're not taking on that putz Victor Oladipo from the Pacers, yeah. so yeah, you seem to have got that, that sort of alignment correct. Mm. Uh, there's just something about this picture of Steve Adams that I'm looking at right now, where he's sort of on the ground and looking at somebody, and I uh, just, you know, I'd love to see like a, a real hip-breaking screen-setting front court of yeah. Steve Adams and Zion, yeah. like you know. I think that's what the Pels, I think that's what the Pels need as well is someone who's not afraid to fucking break some break some noses because um, we were like we're the least what's the word for it I wouldn't I wouldn't have picked anyone in that Pels team in a fight you know what I mean like <laughs> if there was a brawl like oh. Ingram Ingram would be running to the stands with his hands over his head Lonzo would get knocked out straight away Drew's too <laughs> nice Drew would Drew would yeah. be like break it up guys yeah. um, Zion's too young 
um, probably well, start crying I mean, or something. Look, uh, I Derek don't know about you guys. A... I am like five foot seven, um, and I weigh one hundred and thirty kilos. But I'd still pick myself in a fight with Brandon Ingram. Yeah, that guy is <laughs> dangerously close to snapping. <laughs> Ingram, Ingram, and in his bones snapping. Ingram and Favors last season, they they just. They look like they're playing a slightly different sport. You know what I mean? Like they're yeah. just like, oh, just softly. I'm just gonna softly smack the ball out of the rim. You know? You know what I mean? I know what you mean. <laughs> <laughs> I think that was three in ten seconds. But uh, yeah, the, the, yeah. I think the word you're looking for is pushover. Bit of yeah, the pushover pelican. There is a kind of a vibe where I feel like if I was on the wing, I could probably, I could probably jab step and get to the ring yeah. <laughs> against the pelicans. <laughs> like me, Lucas Petrinus. <laughs> Um, and as I've mentioned before, we were either the 22nd or 27th worst clutch team, whichever whichever <laughs> way you want to look at it. And I feel like part of that comes down to not having hard-nosed guys. Um, the only other defensive vet who I sort of had on the radar was Jay Crowder. Um, I don't know how he'd fit into a starting lineup, uh, to be honest, but I think having him as an option, as just like a, you know, a rugged defender and a pretty okay three-point shooter. Uh, fit in well with, you know, as we know, Stan Van Gundy's uh, big three-point shooting game that we hope he's going to bring to the Pels. Um, uh, yeah. And also his contracts, like, uh, his previous contract wasn't very much, so he's a very affordable option too. I think that there's a, you could get Jay and potentially even like a, maybe even a hero and a, or a Duncan. Because yeah. uh, it's Drew. And I feel oh, no, like no, no, no. Jay's a free agent. Oh, okay. So you can't do that trade. No. Anyway, shut up. <laughs> anyway, thanks for your call, Dave, Mister Rez. That's okay. That's okay. I actually had, uh, you know, fr- there's another person who helps me run the uh, the Senate League Sniper Fan Fiction website. Uh, actually, we, we kind of have to go. Okay if I read it wait, out. Wait, wait, wait. So I mean, if he's in the room with you, you might as well put him on the phone. <laughs> okay. Well, his name is Grandpa Cletus, and. <laughs> Spoiler alert, he's quite old. <laughs> <laughs> All right, go on, Gramps. Uh, hello. Um, look, I just wanted to ask a couple of a couple of things about um, about uh, Jeff Teague. Um, now, now, my question was, as as a, as an older gentleman, I do appreciate those uh, players who have reached over thirty. Um, now. No, uh, no, I've got to remember my question now. Wait a sec. I, I, I did write it down. You, you got your glasses um, on there, Gramps? The, the, the question I wanted to ask you, young you young fellas, um, do you reckon a player like Jeff Teague can still survive in this modern NBA? Someone who perhaps can't shoot the basketball or defend well uh, or rebound the basketball but is willing to uh, to share... Uh, you know a lot about sharing having lived through the blitz um (laughs) rationing and everything and yeah i think gft he's that sort of player he's a world war ii player who's just willing to i don't know uh oh yes well funny you should say that lads um the term cuckoldry actually did originate in world war ii where uh we were all forced to watch our wives get uh ramrodded by the germans uh, while we sat in a closet Um, now, 
just while we still have you, you know, with us on the earth, uh, I, I don't see Jeff Teague having a spot in a rotation, if that's what you mean. Maybe more of a locker room guy, maybe like a Nick Cannon, <laughs> perhaps. But yeah, just as a, uh, glue, yeah. As a glue guy. <laughs> but do, do you think I'd be able to see him on the telly next year, you know? I, I, I mean, I think Jeff Teague... He fits in the NBA exactly where he is, you know, getting getting some scrappy minutes for the Hawks, and that's about it. Um, Wait, isn't he a Timberwolf? Oh, is he? I thought. Oh he... no, no, he was he was traded back to the Atlanta Hawks oh. to play second fiddle to one Trey Young. Ah, the, uh, the ice addict. Uh, young. Yuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know what? I do see him having a spot. Kick Trey Young out of there and bring Grandpa Cletus Teague into the starting lineup. Well, it does beg the question if one day we'll, you know, like, just to bring it a little bit deeper here, is this the way the NBA is always going to be, you know, where guys like Jeff Teague don't fit in? Or is Jeff Teague going to come back into vogue one day? Is it is it sort of like that? Is it a fashion thing? Yeah, it changes. It changes and it changes and it changes. Or are we just going to be shooting threes forever? I think that this three is here to stay, uh, but there's going to be a player that's so good at doing something. Like Steph was so good at shooting threes and then everyone was like, okay, let's do that. Mm. Uh, but there's going to be a player that's so good at doing something and then that maybe maybe a few teams will go with that strategy, with that whatever it is. Um, but then there will be that... Like, yeah, obviously basketball is about... It's about players. Like, it's not about coaching as much as coaching is in about, you know, footy or soccer or... Um, like American football. Mm. Basketball is more about making shots mm. and being a good player. Mm. So I feel like, I feel like it'll, it, yeah, it'll change. Great. So J- Jeff Teague, if he can hang on for maybe 10, 15 more years, <laughs> then yeah, there could be a spot in the NBA. See the it. next change. <laughs> uh, okay. Oh, so- yes. Uh, hopefully becoming that uh, Udonis uh, Aslan type. You Ooh. Know. Like just yells at the elephants from the, the sideline. <laughs> thanks, Gramps. Uh, and thanks ever, from ever from ever thanks to everyone from Senegalese Sniper Fan Fiction. Uh, your questions were very were very good. Yeah, and you can look those guys up at Senegalese Sniper Fan I think. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, we are a, a New Zealand uh, a New Zealand affiliate. We are the uh, the Melbourne chapter. <laughs> Okay. Right. Awesome. Thank Good you. Good chatting to you, Grams. Ah, uh, bye bye. Boy, he was old. Yeah, that guy's uh, Trey old, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> um, awesome. Anyway, we haven't really gotten a chance to hang out at all. Today. Yeah, I was. I was really looking forward to that souffle. <laughs> hello. I'm sorry. Sorry. I'm sorry. Hello. 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 Ah, uh, hello. Is that? Is that Lucas from the JVG podcast? Yes, uh, yes, it is actually. You you would not believe how many phone calls I've gotten in the last forty five well, minutes. Well, here's one more. Yeah. Uh, here's one more. Uh, uh, <laughs> can I can I finish? <laughs> oh, this Look, guy's gonna my, be a dick. My dear. name <laughs> will be concealed from protection of my identity. My internet handle is I can't believe it's not Boykins. <laughs> Now, look, I had a question for you um, regarding the recent NBA championship. Um, you may you may have seen on the television that um, the Lakers won it all. 
Yeah, um, I think I caught that. Look, my question for you, um, if you choose to answer it, um, is this. How does LeBron's Lakers win affect the history of the NBA Finals and does it cheapen the luster of getting the championship dishware? Um, <laughs> is it just a matter of making the correct purchases to buy yourself a flag or is it something deeper? Uh, I would just have to uh, respond with a question first. Um, I can't believe it's not Boykins. <laughs> Uh, what do you feel about the face masks that everyone has to wear? <laughs> what face mask? I haven't worn a face mask. <laughs> Did you not know we're in the middle of a pandemic? You know this coronavirus thing? No. Out in the northern suburbs here, there's the far northern suburbs, you know, past Norskit, you know, we're, we're talking past Epping, you know, Craigieburn. Yeah, we, we have a small nucleus out there of people that, uh, you know, don't don't really prescribe to these ideas of pandemic or sickness or... I mean, that should say enough, life. shouldn't it? But, <laughs> but I'm afraid we, we'll probably have to answer the question. Yeah, we do have to, as our, as our policy. Um, okay, well, yes, well, fair you enough. Got, you know, everyone, to each their own, to each their own. Uh, how does this cheapen the champion, cha- uh, championship hardware or, as you like to call it, dishware? Uh, I don't think it's about making the right purchases. I think... KD ruined that completely. and But I think, you know, previous... There is always an addition, a signing, that makes a massive difference. But to build the core, you need to build the core. You can't just buy everyone. Uh, the Lakers did get LeBron and then the next season get AD. But in a way, they did have to build to get to the point where they could get those people, those players to the team. So it isn't just about uh buying players at the right time buying a flag it's about actually you know a lot of luck involved in terms of timeline um and no i don't think this cheapens the uh championship dishware yeah i i think i feel like basketball fans kind of have this image that like every ring is earned through like five ten years of building i think a lot of them weren't um, that being said, I don't think, uh, yeah, I don't think any team has just completely bought themselves to a championship either. There's definitely, like Lucas said, a combination of all those things. I mean, couldn't have any any team have just made the space in the moves for LeBron and AD? Like, do do you think that? Uh, well, do you think that? I can't believe it's not Earl Boykins. I'm sorry, I wasn't paying attention. What did you say? <laughs> Uh, do you do you think that any team could have made the space to get LeBron and AD? Yes, I I, I think when uh, when Kyle Kuzma is your third option, um, there are so many options out there in the NBA. <laughs> but you know, if 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 they made the cap space for him and were like, we're going to try and bring Anthony Davis here in a year. Do you think uh, the Timberwolves could have signed LeBron <laughs> in 2018? <laughs> do you think he would have? Uh, do you think he would have gone I think there? That's very possible, as long as you know Minneapolis was a a destination for him. Hey, um, it was the original home of the Lakers. Let's not forget. <laughs> that. Well, it's nice and cold in the winter. But yeah. Um, but, uh, well, I mean, do you do you look at the championship that's just been won? Um, or perhaps let's look at another LeBron championship. Um, do you look at the Miami championships or the Cleveland return championship? 
do you think it holds as much value as, say, the first Golden State Championship where mm. they did build a team largely, you know, out of draft picks and hard work and, you know, a couple of, you know, not so much like a, let's sign Anthony Davis, um, but more of a, let's sign a couple of, you know, role players that are going to help us. Yeah, well, I think, um, yeah, every single championship is weighted differently. And, you know, Dirk's championship, for instance, everyone weights that so highly because of who he had and he was the best player and that was a really good team and they were well coached. LeBron's Cavs ring, massive, came against the best team of all time. No argument there. The best team of all time. And won with fucking Flat Earth Kyrie and the rest of Kevin Love. But then, yeah, this this LeBron... Lakers one, what isn't as it doesn't hold as much value as the, those ones I just mentioned do. KD's rings literally mean nothing. Uh, yeah, so I think I can't remember what my initial point was, but I think I've got the evidence there. I just don't have the point, which is a lot how I, like how I write an assignment. <laughs> what do you? I mean, what do you think about the Miami rings? Like, because as someone who wasn't a basketball fan while they were happening. I look back on them like, oh yeah, they just got three of the best players in the league on the same team, like obvious, and also had like pretty good role players there as well. Yeah. Like I would say the Miami bench and you know bit players are a lot better than the Lakers bench and bit players. Yeah, yeah, I think that was the that was the only time in LeBron's career where it wasn't like, well, we actually had a caller tonight say that uh, there's a big difference between Wall Beal and the rest of the team. There has always been that big difference between LeBron and the rest of his teammates. Uh, except in Miami, they, all of the role players played a role. Mm. In Golden State that first year, you know, Sean Livingston had massive minutes. Uh, Iggy had massive minutes. Kevon Looney, I don't know if he was in the first one, but I love that guy. He scores six or eight points a, a game just off standing in the dunker spot and playing <laughs> his role. And then defending like, defending like no one else in the league. Like, defending like only Kevon Looney knows how to defend. <laughs> Again, I forgot what my point was, <laughs> but I think that answers whatever prompt I, I had. Um, I mean, I'm satisfied. Are you satisfied there, Marco? Yeah, I'm pretty <laughs> satisfied. I, I, think, I, I think the way you phrased your question was intentionally to, uh, to, get a rise out of, <laughs> to get a rise out of us. But then when you think about it, I think it's not the Lakers ring... It's not the Lakers win that cheapens the championship. I think perhaps they've already been cheapened in a way by a kind of series of teams that didn't really build from the ground up to a championship. But, I mean, you could argue that that's what happened with the Bulls in 96. Yeah. You know, like uh, bloody convincing Jordan to play basketball again and getting Dennis Rodman. Like, (laughs) that's not fair. Yeah. And also the thing with those Bulls teams, it's like they had... Jordan and Pippen for both of them, and then they had different core, uh, different role players mm. in the core uh, uh, for both three peats. So like, yeah, they had Jordan, Pippen, Rodman, Kukoc, mm. uh, and they were coming up against Charles Barkley and Quick. Name the second best player on that team. Uh, or, uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that that helps as well. All right. Well, thank you for calling. Uh, I can't believe it's not uh, Earl Boykins and. I'm, all, I'm glad we all got through this pandemic together. <laughs> Seriously, wear a mask, bro. Go <laughs> oh, and fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> wow.
Wow. What Stay in touch. Guy. <laughs> yeah, that guy seemed like a piece of work. Yeah. Anyway, uh, later, back to that souffle. <laughs> oh, shit, I'm getting it. Wait, I'm wait, getting a phone call. I'm getting a phone call. <laughs> wait. <laughs> We're both getting a phone call. <laughs> okay, uh, well, I'll take... Hello? Hello, Hello this is... Uh, this is a coked up Jim Carrey stunt, stunt double. Um, look, I, I placed a three-way call to you today because I wanted to talk to you about something that's been uh, troubling me. Well, we actually are in the same room. Yeah, all so, good. Uh, you didn't need to make the three-way one. But yeah, you wouldn't have known that. Uh, coked up Jim Carrey stunt double. I don't know if you'd know anything, I, I, I don't really. know that you guys are hanging out all the time. No? But look. My my question is about uh, Stephen Adams, who I uh, you know I, I, I I'm very fond of. Um, so my question is, who set the hardest screen? Is it Stephen Adams or Neuschwanstein Castle? Now Neuschwanstein Castle was a a palace commissioned by King Ludwig II of Bavaria as a retreat in honor of uh, Richard Wagner. And uh, also a piece of trivia about this particular castle. Uh, a lot of the, uh, the Disney castles over the years have been modeled off of the, uh, the Neuschwanstein castle. So, look, I just wanted to ask that question. Who do you think sets the hardest screen? Well, I think first you really have to consider, um, you know, how many longbow archers are in the castle. Uh, are we at, like, sort of a heavy trebuchet stage of uh, warfare? No, of course it's Stephen Adams. <laughs> no question, Stephen Adams. I um, I actually think this goes deeper than that. No, no one has ever, um, no one has ever, you know, I'm sorry, I, I misplaced the name of that uh, that castle, but no one's ever endorsed that castle as setting a hard screen. We just saw Jimmy Butler win win the hearts of every single NBA fan and, you know, uh, uh, beyond NBA fan in the world. Uh, and he said that that mother effer sets a hard screen about Stephen Adams. Mm. Furthermore, the castle can't move forward. When Stephen Adams moves the screen, or sets a screen, he can move forward a little bit and knock someone <laughs> to the ground. I'd like to see a castle move. Two nothing, Adams. Yeah, true, true. I, I don't think the castle could, yeah, I don't think it could knock the shit out of Jimmy Butler if you ask me. Uh, I also think that this question, uh, coked up Jim Carrey, was more of, more of a flaunt about how much you know about this castle, but we're happy to answer it's, it. It's pretty wow. weird. I would almost dare to say let's sad. Be, let's, that you- let's, be, let's be clear. Let's be clear here first. My name is coked up Jim Carrey stunt double. I'm not a coked up Jim Carrey. And, you know, I, I did want to talk a bit about Neuschwanstein Castle, but I also wanted to mention this because I just got done watching a 35-minute YouTube video about Stephen Adams setting screens. I believe it was him or Nene that actually knocked Karis Levite out, mm. out cold on the ground um, with a screen, a legal screen. Um, I just think it's pretty weird that you'd call a basketball podcast to talk about medieval warfare. <laughs> <laughs> and the most medieval warfare of all, Nene versus Steedham Adams. <laughs> well, as the name does suggest, I am a coked up Jim Carrey stunt double. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, I, I, I just got a lot of feelings and, you know, I want to tell somebody so I can get yeah, off. I reckon if you took a look at Stephen Adams, you could sort of mistake him for like a medieval knight or something. Like with the, you know, the big ponytail yeah. and the big shoulders and the... Dry sense I of always humor. thought I pictured him as like a long fisherman type <laughs> swimming around in the reeds with his spear licking himself, you know? You know? Yeah. I can't say I know. No, I know what he's talking about. <laughs> Alright, Okay, that's all we have time for, <laughs> Thanks, Ram. Please delete the number, but thanks for calling. Yeah, yeah, thanks for calling. Great chatting. <laughs> nice.
Great. Well, now, Lucas, we can finally get to uh, making that souffle or whatever you wanted oh, to do. Oh, yeah. Well, you know what? Honestly, now that I think of it, I'm not in the mood to eat a souffle. What? What I'll do you mean? I'll cook it. <laughs> but, but you won't eat it. Yeah. All right. Well, let's go to the kitchen then. <laughs>